Hello, good morning, good afternoon, however, and whenever you're listening to this, thank you all for tuning in to the show once again, Last Word Productions. I am your host, Tavares Wilson, and I always get the last word, and today we're going to be discussing some news that broke late last night in regards to the Timberwolves. Give me one second. I'm sorry, you guys, I'm in a bit of a different um, atmosphere than I usually record my podcast, so... Had to make some adjustments due to personal reasons, but, you know, the show must go on, as they say. And to get into the breaking news, is NBA, NBA news related. It is the Timberwolves have parted ways with Ryan Sanders after just three seasons. Now, of course, he mightily underachieved with this team with plenty of talent. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, I know he was out a couple games. D'Angelo Russell now there. The second, the first overall pick, excuse me, Anthony Edwards, Koji, Ricky Rubio. You know, it's, it's some pieces there that you could have some kind of success with, and he just wasn't having it. The I believe the Timberwolves are seven wins in out of 30, 31 games now. It hasn't looked good at all for them. And to be quite frank, it was only a matter of time before it became a coaching change. But not only did that happen, shortly after they announced a new hiring of a head coach with Chris Finch, who was a former Raptors assistant, and he was a guy who was highly sought after, I should say, in the league, the Pelicans. He has some, excuse me, he had some experience as an assistant with the Pelicans. The Pacers were linking him for uh, quite a while this past offseason. But it didn't ultimately give him the job. They have their guy. But hopefully, man, it works out for the, the Timberwolves this time around with this guy. Because this is a very talented team, man. They have young talent. I love Carrington Towns. I've been high on him. I've always felt as if he could be better than what he is with the right coaching, with the right, with the right pieces in place. They have lost some talent along the way with like dudes like Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine. Andrew Wiggins, they have lost some talent that could still be there, but it's not, unfortunately. And you just have to work with what you have, and I think they have a lot to work with currently as it stands. Now, could they possibly earn another piece because they will be a lottery team again, it seems? Who knows? But with that being said, they're still young. Carrington Towns, D'Angelo Russell's, they're not even their mid-20s yet. If they are, they're exactly at that. This is a very young team. Anthony Edwards is probably not even 20 years old yet. If he is, he's 20, 21. That's it. This is an extremely young team. They have the time. They need the culture. It's just like what I said with the Pelicans. Alvin Gentry wasn't the guy. They needed the coaching. If they get the coaching, they'll be great in the next three to five years in their future. They will be a great team. And truth be told, I've said this about multiple teams. You know, I've said this about the Pelicans, like I just gave that example. I've said this about the, the Raptors. I've said this about the, I even feel this way to an extent about the Celtics. I feel as if Brad Stevens is a great coach, but the front office and the coaching, it. It's like they're it's like the Green Bay Packers to an extent. They're content on being only so good, it seems to me. 
Brad Stevens has zero success working with superstar players. And in this league nowadays, you need a superstar talent to win it all. I mean, look at the past, let's say, five-year championships, right? Lakers, LeBron, Anthony Davis, superstars. Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, superstars. Then throw with Clay Thompson, all-star. Then Cleveland, LeBron, superstar, Kyrie who many believe is a superstar. Me personally, I don't believe that, but he is one of the best scorers this game has ever seen. You have to give him that. You know, you need superstars in order to win it all these days. You need it. Great role, good role players, the great role players just aren't it anymore. They're not enough. It's a reason why you gave us so much to get a guy like Anthony Davis. It's the reason why the Rams will not sort after Jalen Ramsey. It's the reason why they go get these guys for these high price tags because they know we're, we need this difference maker. This is a franchise difference maker. I would, and I don't see how people hold on to this picks and compensation argument when it's been seen that you can win either way. But yes, with that being said, I'm glad the Timberwolves got a new coach. They needed it. And another news, if you all have not seen, the Brooklyn Nets extend that winning streak to six straight games. It's, it's been wild. I mean, and what makes it even scarier, Kevin Durant is even playing, man. That's what makes it even scarier. They had a win over the Clippers in their last previous matchup, and it was the final score was 112-108, and James Harden has been the man possessed since coming there. And he's he's been lights out, man. It's... And I was I was a doubter of this team. I, I will admit that I thought they wouldn't mesh well together, and I thought it was only one ball. You know, only so many shots could be put up between three guys. And James Harden has become a willing passer. He scores when need be, and he doesn't seem to have a problem with it at all. In fact, he embraces his new role. He wants to be that. But at the end of the day, they have to be better defensively. To me, they have to. That that's that's what it ha- that's what it's gonna come down to me in when it comes to the playoffs, cause it's gonna be some nights where you you won't be getting thirty plus or twenty five plus from all three guys. It's gonna be some rough rough outings for some one or two of these guys. It is, you know. In Golden State, Steph Curry was off, KD was on, you know, but neither one of them was off to the point where we've seen the James Harden. And at times, Kyrie in the playoffs. You know, a lot of people don't speak on it about Kyrie because, you know, he had a, a great final shot that basically iced the game against the Warriors, which it did, give him his credit. But after that, no postseason success. And to top it off, the last couple of games he played with the Celtics were terrible in, his, in the postseason. He was horrible, absolutely horrible. So you... You got to take some of those things in consideration, man. And it's not saying that I don't think they could be successful because I do. They've convinced me that they clearly should be the favorites to win the East now. I mean, and I'm not saying that they will win it. I'm not handing them anything because I believe once Drew Holiday comes back for the Bucks, it's going to get a lot worse for them. And the Heat, man, if the Heat can go out and get – a big name dude. If they can go just get Bradley Bill, I think they're back in the mix. 
they need that true number one scorer. I think they can defend as well as any team in this league because they're versatile defenders that they do have. But they 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 absolutely need that true number one scorer. I love Jimmy Butler. I love his game, but he's not a true number one scorer. I love Ben Matabayo. I love his game, but he's not a true number one scorer. They can't they be having their best offensive weapons and offensive scorers, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. That can't that that can't be your best. It can't. Tyler Hero is not a good enough shot creator yet. He can create his own shot. He can create space separation, but it isn't there to the point where he's your guy. He's not even your starter. Your number one scoring archery cannot come off the bench. It's a reason why Lou Williams, when he was the best scorer on his team, has never had success ever. It's a reason why. It's a reason why Clay Thompson isn't the number one scorer for the, the Warriors, regardless of how on he is that night. It's a reason why. You have to know your rules. And off of other news, if we get into the Lakers, and the Lakers have been spiraling out of control. They're on a little losing streak right now. They've dropped from second to third in the in the conference. I think they're now currently second with being the fact that the Clippers did lose to the Nets, but they by technicalities, if they lose another game, they got third. So they are on the losing streak. But I don't think it's anything to be too concerned over. Me, personally, a lot of guys are going to say the absence of Anthony Davis is going to take his toll and things like that. Yes, of course. I mean, not just his caliber of the player he is, but whenever a team loses their second best player, it's going to take his toll. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. You know, Brooklyn is shining right now because they have two guys who aren't used to being number one scoring options, you know. But when Kevin Durant was with the Warriors, they lost Kyrie. I mean, not Kyrie, excuse me. When they lost Steph Curry to injury, they spiraled out of control, you know. Look at, <clears throat> excuse me, look at OKC without Chris Paul. Not looking as good as they once did. So, I mean, whenever you lose your second best player and it's a valuable scoring option, it's going to take its toll. But to me, the biggest loss that they did have was Dennis Schroeder as well, because when you when you not only lose your second best shot creator and playmaker on your team in terms of creating offense for yourself, then you lose your third guy. That's when it becomes a problem, because now a dude like LeBron has to not only get himself going, but he literally has to get everyone else going. Literally, so he's back to square one where he was at with the the Cavaliers at one point, and I don't think he has. I, I, he's he's obviously a great player. He's a great athlete, but at this point in the time in his career, man, he's not built to do that for sixty games. He's not. I mean, I'm not putting it past him. He has shown me different multiple times. But as it stands right now, I don't know if you can put that on him, or let alone if you want to, because you want him fresh come postseason. Especially when you had the teams like the Clippers out there, like the Nuggets, had the teams like the Suns who are emerging, and Utah who has won 20 out of their, out of 21 games. I mean, you, you want this guy to be at his peak, at his best. So I think... Them losing not only just Anthony Davis, but Dennis Schroeder played a, it played a huge, huge role into their recent struggles. 
Well, with that being said, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to get off into some NFL news and just a few stories I want to speak on. <laughs> excuse me, but I want to speak on the the J.J. The Watt situation and it was being reported. I'm not exactly sure how true this is because I didn't see anything really credible backing it up, but I seen that he was reportedly favored to sign with the Chicago Bears. Surprisingly, which is extremely surprising to me, I would think he would want to go to a short thing. I believe I spoke on this in a previous episode, but I would think he would want to go to a short thing, to almost a short thing. To me, the Bears aren't a short thing at all. I mean, they have a great defense. They have great talent. But a lot of games, it seems as if that defense has given up on the, their offense completely. Even despite the fact that they had a good number one in Allen Robinson, had good playmakers. Despite the, despite all that, they, they struggled because the quarterback play. They still don't know who their quarterback is. All reports are showing that they're not bringing Mitch Trubisky back and they don't believe in Nick Foles. What are they going to do? At this point, I have no idea because every top draft QB prospect is projected to go before their pick. Now, maybe they'll they'll draft a guy to be some kind of, I don't know, experimental or project type dude, but I don't know how, I don't know if Matt Nagy can afford that because that's what you did with Trubisky. It didn't work. You don't have another the luxury to wait another three to four years for this guy to work. No, you need this season, this upcoming season right now to be successful. You need that because your job security is now on the line. You're on the clock. If you need to trade your picks, go trade. That's why I thought they was going to go out for a guy like Carson Wentz, Matt Stafford. I thought they was going to go after these guys because, yeah, Wentz had a bad year, but he is by far and large better than what you have on your roster right now. Yeah, Stafford has never won a division title. Yeah, he's bad against winning quarterbacks and this, that, and the third. He played for the Detroit Lions, people. Listen, I have a, a, a good friend of mine who's a Lions friend. Lions fan, excuse me. Hopefully he's listened to this podcast because I want him to hear this as well. I agree with him every single time when he told me Stafford isn't the biggest problem, but he also isn't the solution. I can completely agree with that because Stafford, to me, is what exactly 95% of the quarterbacks in the league are. 99%. They will be as good as the system and players allow them to be. Now, that's not to say they won't have moments where they will have to be called upon and to elevate their team because every quarterback will be put in that predicament. You're going to be asked to do something that you more than likely won't be able to do and they expect you to do it. That's every quarterback in the league. Now, whether or not he's capable of doing it, that's on you to discuss. But I think he is. I think he still has a lot of talent left. I think he has plenty left in the tank. And he showed the grit that he wants to be great and and play. So, with all that being said, the Lions failed him. Simply put, man, they they failed this guy. I mean, outside of 
good receivers. What else was there? The offensive line has always been meh. I mean, they've had a couple of pro bowlers. It's been okay, but it ain't been to the point where it's been great. The rushing attack never has been good. I mean, their most notable running back the past couple of years that I can think of is Reggie Bush, LeGarrette Blunt, and back in his old days, not Adrian Peterson, well, out of his prime. I mean, who, who are we talking about? Theo Reddick, <laughs> DeAndre Swift now, who... I think it's good, but he's young. You you don't really know what you got yet. I mean, I don't know. I got to see it, man. And, and, and like I said, to be quite frank with y'all, the Lions failed them. Defense was always bad. Outside of a few key contributors like DeAndre Levy or Chris Houston, Darius Slay, Dudes, outside of dudes like that, the Lions ain't never really have no top-tier defense. They had stretches where they were pretty good, but not consistently, man. So, I think, I say I'd like to say this. The Bears should have made a move for one of these quarterbacks. Matt Nagy needs to make a move for a proven guy now, because if they don't, his job is as good as gone if they have another failed season and another failed year wasting this defensive talent that they do have. Now I want to speak on the incident that happened with Cam Newton at one of his um flag football seven oh seven camps. You know, as you as you probably seen, it was a little camper or one of the participants heckling him about being a free agent, this, that, and the third. At the end of the day, man, it's football. You know, it's a sport, it's competitive, it's naturally competitive. These guys all are out there for the same thing, regardless of why Cam is there or not, if he's coaching or not. These guys are all guys. He made the the, the dude, the, the little boy who was talking trash to him may not be a grown man, but he's more than well aware of the situation of everything he was saying. When I'm not gonna make excuse for a young man who clearly knew what he was saying or what he was doing. You know, it's, he knew is what it is. You know, he wanted to get his little fame. He did, because we're speaking on it now. And to be frank with you, it was a bit, it seemed a bit to be disrespectful towards Cam, and it was very, very unnecessary. But again, I don't take it to the point where I want to look at the, the man who addressed Cam as like some menace or something. Like I've seen a lot of people saying it under the post about it, the comments, things like that. I'm not I'm not gonna say that. Cause was it out of line? Yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that, but cause someone a menace to say that they were raised right, all this that no, no, no. People have to understand this is a competitive, fiery sport. It is. You know, emotions get the best of you at times. Were they were they in the mid midst of battle? No, but it's just it's, it's a lot like the Richard Sherman interview after he defended made the play of the game against Michael Crabtree in the NFC Championship game. Emotions were high. He said something he would have never said if he would have had at least an hour or thirty minutes to process and cool down. Same thing with this young man. Never would have said that if it wasn't in the environment and in the midst of con confrontation. Not the confrontation isn't like physical, 
interaction, like, you know, something becoming basically a brawl. No, conversation as in we are both here to compete, so I'm going to talk mine and you're going to talk yours. In that same breath, it's, I just can't deem them in as disrespectful, like how it was, it was a disrespectful act, but I can't say he was this, that, and the third because of what had happened. And to me, it's just, to be honest with you, it's quite unfair, it's unfair to him. We're going to get off into some more news. I know, I know you're all tired of hearing about it, but we got to talk about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> we do. Um, you know, I want to see him traded just as bad as everyone else. But the Panthers released quite a few players, and they're expecting to make a strong move for Watson if made available by the Texans. Now, me personally, I think it's only a matter of time before the Texans are forced to move him. And with that being said, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm not fully sure if I'm all in to going to to the Carolina. And here's why. The Panthers don't necessarily have the draft capital to get Deshaun Watson. They don't. I mean, they have, I believe, the sixth pick this year, the sixth or the seventh is one of those. And they would have to give up maybe two, three first rounders. But they'll have to do more than that because the fact that they don't have the draft capital. They had to give up some players. And reports have shown they are willing to move Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson. To me, if I'm Deshaun Watson, the moment I see Christian McCaffrey is in the trade, is I'm not, I don't want to go there. Why would I know? <laughs> no. Why would I move not only multiple picks that could help this team build something around me, but also move the best player on the team? Yes, I could come in and make it work because, yeah, we still got DJ Moore. You still got Robbie Anderson. Yeah, you still got these guys, but they're going to lose Curtis Samuel. Okay? And this trade was the pan out. They're losing Christian McCaffrey. That defense is not getting any better. It's, it's okay. It's okay-ish. But they've been hurting since the loss of Luke Keekley. That cornerback, outside of Dante Jackson, since Josh Norman had that breakout all-pro season, they have not been good. Let's get that straight. They haven't. They lost James Bradbury, who was, who was slowly turning into a stud for the Giants. I like Jeremy Chen at safety. But again, the corner's suspect. So you, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm looking at this, huh? The only difference between this situation and Carolina and the situation that I have now, the coaching may be a little better. I'm not fully sure yet because I don't know what Joe Brady fully is. You know, I know they got new coachings, but you're not, I'm not, you're not fully sold on the coaching staff yet because it is new. I don't know if that's the dude I want to be my OC. I don't know if I want to go to a situation where I'm giving up the best player. And to top it all off, I'm just not sure if I want to go to a division where I have to compete against other great franchises again. 
I know the Saints may be losing Drew Brees, but this is New Orleans, man. All they need is a decent, capable quarterback, Sean Payton. They're winning 10 games easily. <laughs> easily. Brady's coming back to the Bucks. Then you got the Falcons. Just got a new coach, Arthur Smith. Reports saying he may stick with Ryan and um, Julio for another year, but what after that? They go out and get some guys. Now they back in contention. You really want to compete with that? To me, man, I know I'm a Dolphins fan. I know it's biased. But I still think his best bet is Miami. I do. I mean, people are going to say I'm biased. They're going to say that I'm saying that as a fan. I'm not being... I'm not speaking from a logical standpoint. I'm just thinking off of emotions. No, man, it's not that. You have to think about it. The Dolphins can give every and any draft pick and still be fine. They still have picks. They can give up to who, again, like I said before, and reports, you, you all can look this up, reports show. The Nick Casario, the current GM for... The Houston Texans was extremely hot on Tua Tagovailoa when he was drafted. He likes him. He thinks he could be a stellar QB. He's he's come out and said this. And not only that, here's, here's the icing on the cake. Jack Easterby, a guy who seems to have a Jedi magic trick or something over Kyle McNair right now, the owner of the Houston Texans, He's extremely high on Christian and strong believers. Guess what Tua is? A really strong man of fate. I'm telling y'all, man, it only makes sense. That's all, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It only makes sense. But we're going to get off into some other news. And I just think a lot of these releases, I'm going I'm to I'm indicate some of the more important releases to me who I think could be impactful to other teams. Deshaun Jackson was released from the Eagles. And, you know, still got a lot of left in the tank, probably another season or two. Still a burn to take the top off of an offense. And who do I think can utilize a guy with his skill set? Well, the first team that comes to mind to me, I don't know about you all, <clears throat> excuse me, but I believe it's the Chicago Bears, ironically as it sounds. But here's the thing. I know they don't have a quarterback, and I know this may not be the best situation for Deshaun Jackson to go to because they don't have that quarterback. But hear me out. They're losing Allen Robinson this upcoming season. There's no ands if or buts about it. They're losing him. And on top of that, Outside of Allen Robinson, they had no veteran presence in that receiver group. You bring in a speedster, a burner like Deshaun Jackson, not only are you going to be doing your receiver room a favor by bringing in veteran presence who can help coach them up and show them the ways to be successful and maintain a long career, but the quarterback you bring in, He's going to have a true number one option off the rip. I mean, whoever it may be, he's going to have his number one guy. I know he's battled injuries. I know he has trouble staying healthy of late. But when he's on the field, he's impactful. There's no denying that. 
He can still he can still be the def I mean defense, yes, over the top for 50, 60 yards. He, he can do that. He's good for that at least once, once every two weeks. He can do that. And another team who could strongly look into him, I think the Green Bay Packers. You know, they still need that other really good receiver, number two option. My craze about this Scantlin is the over-the-top receiver now. I think they can get better at that, and I think he'll be perfect. Some more teams. Another big, not big, but another guy who I think can go to a team and have a significant impact, who was recently released, is Christian Kirksey. And he's a more of a coverage linebacker than tackling linebacker. Not the most aggressive guy, but he's exactly what this today's NFL needs. He fits the prototype. Sideline to sideline type of dude, coverage dude, and still a wounded tackler. To me, there's only one team in mind, to me, that can use this, and that's the Los Angeles Rams. You need to replace what you had <clears throat> in Corey Littleton. You had Mark Barron at linebacker for a while. You moved to the purposely to get better coverage and faster. You're getting that in a true linebacker in Kirksey. You go out and get him, you replace that production a little bit. To me, it's just that simple. Plug and play type of dude, he fits the scheme you want to run. You got a great front four, and then he's a good blitzer. Plug and play. I think he'll be absolutely what they would want out of that position. Okay, so now we're going to get into the fan Q&A. And this first question comes from Byron Johnson. And the question is, about two to four years ago, Ben Simmons won Rookie of the Year actually being a rookie, without actually being a rookie, excuse me. Do you believe Zion deserved the same thing that has, that he has not played a full NBA season yet? Unfortunately, well, let me start off with this. No, I don't believe Zion deserves the same treatment because unlike Ben Simmons, he actually played in a couple of games his rookie season. So he, he doesn't have that leverage or excuse to say that, oh, well, I didn't do this, that. No, you, you actually played. You have stats. We can go look at them. You know, Ben Simmons missed the entirety of the regular season. I know he played a couple of games in the preseason. It was in training camp, but he didn't play a, a possession in the regular season. So technically he was still a rookie. And to me, that whole rule is pretty absurd. It is to be quite frank, ridiculous. And I think something should definitely be done about it in the NBA. But who knows? I don't I don't think they're gonna change it. I think they're gonna keep it how it is. Okay, and that may be the only question. I thought I had more. Oh oh my apologies you all that was the only question but again Thank you all for tuning into the show once again. Please, please be sure to subscribe to the channel. Remember, I am on YouTube at Last Word Productions. I am on Instagram at Last Word underscore Productions. I am on Facebook at Last Word Productions. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. I am on multiple streaming platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever you want to name, I'm there. Trust me. And... Thank you all for tuning in. I know I've said that multiple times, but I can't thank you all enough. So I'll see y'all in the next one.